Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Kevin. Uh, I serve here as the uh, Attridge site pastor. And uh, welcome here this morning. Uh, we're going to look into God's Word uh, and uh, chain, turn the page on uh, to the next discipleship step that we've been going through. So as you see up here, we have four discipleship steps. Uh, the series is Follow Me, the command of Jesus to come and, and follow him. We've uh, covered uh, Create Community as a, as a part of it. Uh, last three weeks, we've been talking about experiencing and modeling Jesus' love, and, and uh, today we're going to switch into the training one another in obedience. For those of you that have been here through this series, <coughs> excuse me, uh, you will likely find that this discipleship step is a whole lot easier if you have some sort of understanding of how you have experienced Jesus' love for yourself. Uh, coming out of Jesus' Uh, experiencing Jesus' love makes obedience uh, a far easier step for us. Last week, Bruce talked about the story of the Good Samaritan to illustrate uh, loving our neighbor, with the point being that uh, to show Christ's love, to have mercy on our neighbors. And at the end of the story, Jesus says, Now go and do likewise. Be like the Good Samaritan. In the coming weeks, uh, Maureen will be talking about uh, Jesus' way of training. Bruce will be talking more about uh, training one another and kind of elaborating a little bit more on on this step. But today I'm going to talk about this very popular word in our culture today, obedience. The popular word in my home with my kids In the story of the Good Samaritan, Jesus makes the emphatic statement, not a suggestion, not a recommendation, it's a command. The person that he has talked to has has just said, well, the the one who has mercy on him, that's, that's the one who was his neighbor. And Jesus makes the command, go and do likewise. This morning, by exposing you to the commands of Jesus, I want to do some living out of this step and do some training uh, in obedience. I think I've said training and obedience enough times that you're all probably thinking about your pet. And for those of you that have it, doing some obedience training. Uh, and, and you know the work that it takes to train an animal. So we'll, we'll start. We'll just see how well you're going to do here. Um, we'll, we'll have a little practice here in, in obedience and, and just see where we're at, gauge the congregation, and we'll kind of measure so I can know how to, how to proceed. Okay, so let's just, let's just see how we do here. Sit. Okay, we got one troublemaker up there. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, and a few latecomers. Okay, good. No, that's okay. You can obey too. Yeah, and well done. You did it. Okay, welcome here. Nothing like being put on the spot by the pastor when you walk in late. Okay, good. So, um, when, uh, when we look at the word of o- obedience, it's, it's best for us, and we're in a church, we're, uh, we're, we're studying God's word, to actually look into the Bible and to go, what is the biblical understanding of obedience? So, in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word, back to the original, the word obedience is actually connected with hearing. Hearing the word of the Lord implies obedience. So, 
as an example of this, I say to my kids, bring some orange juice up from the pantry downstairs. They say, we hear you. From my part, obedience is assumed. I am now expecting, I am understa- they understand, they say, they hear me, I am expecting that orange juice is coming up from downstairs. Exodus uh, 24, verse 3. Moses is confirming the, the covenant with the people. Moses says, uh, Moses went and told the people all the Lord's words and laws, and they responded with one voice. Everything the Lord has said, we will do. A couple verses later, verse 7. Then he took the book of the covenant and he read it to the people. They heard it. They responded, we will do everything the Lord has said. We will obey. Obedience is expected in a relationship where one has authority over the other. God and his people, parents, teachers, and children, a boss, and an employee. So obedience is the expected response that comes after hearing. But this didn't necessarily happen. As it is with kids, uh, just because they hear, they even understand, it does not mean that orange juice is coming up immediately after. For those of you that aren't acquainted with the Israelites of the Old Testament, they don't have a great, the greatest reputation for obedience. The prophets of old would end up stepping in and they would say to the Israelites, you're deaf. Not you're disobedient, you're deaf. It's that you're not hearing. You didn't hear the word of the law. You didn't obey. It's like you're deaf. The Jews... They knew the law. They could recite the law. They had it down every single day. The law was repeated, repeated, repeated. They had heard it. They knew it. They understood it. But far too often, they did not choose to obey. So even when obedience is connected with hearing, obedience, we know, goes beyond just hearing it. It needs to be followed up with action. So this is also true in the New Testament. Jesus preaches the greatest sermon ever recorded. The Sermon on the Mount. And he concludes the whole Sermon on the Mount. A couple chapters in the book of Matthew. He concludes it with this little story. Matthew chapter 7. Therefore, everyone who hears the word of mine and puts it into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the storms came and and, uh, he was okay. But everyone who hears the words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man. Builds his house on the sand and the storms come and he's not okay. The house goes to crashes. Uh, The Apostle Paul, in his letter to uh, the the Romans, Romans chapter 2, also picks up on this. As he writes... For it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. 
the response to the command is what is important. Okay, so with that as a background, we come to the source of this discipleship step. The, 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 the key verse that we're kind of building this around for this morning, and it's called the Great Commission. Last week, Bruce referred to the Great Commandment, love the Lord your God, love your neighbor. The Great Commission is Jesus' last words in the book of Matthew. It comes after Jesus has been resurrected from the dead, and he's about to ascend into heaven. And he says, Go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. In other words, help everyone who chooses to follow Jesus to put into practice the things that he has said. So, just a suggestion. When the guy you've been walking with for three years that you saw die on the cross comes back to life and says to you, I have all authority on heaven and earth, I highly suggest listening to him. He's got something to say. And these are the words that he ends up leaving his disciples with. Now go and make disciples. So, over the last 2,000 years since Jesus has spoken these words, disciples have gone, and they have made disciples, who have made disciples, who have made disciples, who have made disciples, and I am one of these disciples that over the years has been discipled by a disciple by a disciple all the way back. A disciple means a student. And over the last 2,000 years, there's been a lot of students. And as we look at what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, I think there's a good little framework here for what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Baptized, obedience. Two things. Be baptized and teach obedience. So, little plug for baptism. For those of you disciples who maybe haven't picked up on that first part for whatever reason, I would love to talk to you further about what it means to be a disciple who is baptized. But we're going to focus on the second part of, of being a disciple, more of the training, uh, more of the teaching uh, obedience. But let's go back and... Uh, put ourselves in the sandals of the early disciples. I think it's safe to say that somewheres, not recorded, my own, my own playing out of the, the scenario, the disciples uh, from here end up uh, meeting some angels. We hear about in, in the book of Acts. And it says, go back to Jerusalem and wait, wait there for the Holy Spirit to come. So from this moment of Jesus ascending into heaven, the disciples are walking back, and I think they're reflecting on the words of, of Jesus here. And they're saying, okay, so he taught us, okay, be baptized and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. Okay, yeah, yeah, good. Okay, let's, everything? And I kind of think that there is some discussion here. Okay, he said, teach everything that he commanded? 
Uh, okay, guys, I'm going to need some help. Um, I was sleeping during one of the lessons. Uh, you know what? I was actually rowing, and the wind was really blowing by my ears. I, I missed something. You're going to have to help me out here. I think one of them said, uh, I was actually talking to James about who is the greatest, and I missed a few of his uh, commands as well. Man, I wish we had recorded those things. What was it that Jesus taught so that we can teach everything that Jesus commanded? Not just like a couple of those key lessons. What was everything? I think we have a good idea that the summary the Coles Notes version, would be love the Lord your God and love your neighbor. Okay, we kind of got that. Unfortunately, the, this verse doesn't say teach the Coles Notes version of what I taught. It says everything. The word everything is in there. I looked for different translations. I'm not like a Greek scholar. So I went through a bunch of different translations looking for a loophole to be like, yeah, it's not quite. The other translations say all. You got your choice. Everything or all. If you find a great other translation that uh, doesn't include everything, that would sure would make life a lot easier, wouldn't it? But we have the responsibility to obey God's word here and actually keep that word everything in scriptures. I think the disciples were saying, yeah, we should have written it down. Yeah, man. Fortunately, 2,000 years later, we have it all written down. We have the New Testament. We have the commands of Christ. And we even have a better little resource that pulls it all together for us, named Google. So I went to my friend Google. And I said, what were all the commands of Jesus? And Google provided a list. I honestly can't say that this is the most accurate list out there. It got it off Google. But if my responsibility is to train, wanted, train you in obedience, everything, to teach everything that Jesus commanded, I'm going to do my best. To teach everything. So I found a list on Google of what are the commands of Jesus. If you want this list, uh, it, it'll, be on, it'll be available online on our sermon link. It's also out in front of the, the Welcome Center. You can pick it up. Small groups, you're going to be uh, looking into to these commands here uh, this week. These are the things that we need to teach to obey. As followers of Jesus, we need to train one another in obedience. And part of training is that we need to teach disciples to obey everything that he commanded. I think the uh, commands of Jesus are important. So we're going to take a few minutes and run through these. We can summarize them, but uh, I think there's value in in looking at more in depth. Uh, Many of them are self-explanatory. But I think if we are to follow Jesus, we need to hear exactly what he says. Let's keep in mind that uh, hearing implies obedience, right? So as I go through this list, I encourage you to do some quick self-reflection. How are you doing with this list? Where are you at? How are you doing with everything? Repent! (laughs) You came to church just to hear that. Repent! One of Jesus' first commands. This is through the book of Matthew, because some of the books, they repeat it, and this is just a quick summary. At the heart of Jesus' message is the message to turn away from wickedness. Repent. Do a 180-degree turn. 
from the things that are not of God. Follow me. Well, we got that one up there. We covered that. That's our, our, this is how to follow Jesus. Rejoice. Matthew 5, when people insult you, when people persecute you because of following Jesus. When others don't understand your life, so why are you following Jesus? Why are you following these commands of this guy? And they, they persecute you because of this. Rejoice. Let your light shine. Don't hide your good deeds. You don't need to boast about them. But don't go and hide your good deeds under a, under a cover. Let your light shine. Be reconciled. So if you're making an offering to God, if you're, if you're in worship, and you remember that someone has something against you, stop. Get your relationships right. And then go back and continue worshiping. Don't lust. The Old, command, Old, Old Testament commandment was, was not to commit adultery. And Jesus steps this one up a little bit and says, don't even lust. Don't even think lustfully. So instead of the outward physical act as the measure, uh, Jesus ends up turning it towards what's in our heart, towards others. Keep your word. If you say you're going to do something, do it. Don't swear an oath. Just say, yes, I'm doing it, or no, I am not. And then act on it. Go the second mile. The Old Testament law, limited retribution that was done to you. So if you got smacked, you could smack someone back. But you couldn't smack them and kick them. If someone killed someone in your family... You can go back and you can kill one of the member of their family, but you can't kill two or three so that it escalates the conflict. You can't kill a whole family because someone killed someone in your family. Now Jesus is saying, in this one, go a second mile, don't fight back at all. This is the start of forgiveness. Radical for those people hearing that. Radical for us today. Love your enemies. Anyone can love those that love them. But stand out for being the person who loves their enemies. Bruce talked about this with the Good Samaritan last week. Be perfect. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And this is a concluding command uh, at the end of loving your enemies. And and I would just encourage further study on this one if you want to know know more about what the context is is here. It's a statement that is summarizing the Old Testament law here that uh, requires a little bit more looking into. Don't store up your treasures. God will provide for you. Trust him. Seek God's kingdom first. Don't judge one another. Choose the narrow way. Don't just choose the easy way. Choose the narrow way, the hard path. Beware of false prophets. Pray for laborers to bring in a harvest of people coming to know Jesus. Pray for those people. Be wise as serpents. Be innocent as doves is the, the, the following part. Don't be afraid. God's got this. He's in control. Hear God's voice. Listen to God's voice. And now we have the context of that implies obedience. Take my yoke. Uh, 
a yoke is, is a harness for an oxen. Be harnessed together with Christ and plow the path that he is plowing. Honor your parents. Don't despise the little ones. Don't despise those who wander in the faith, the one sheep that wanders off that, that uh, the shepherd goes to find and leaves the 99. Go to your offenders. Forgive your offenders. Honor marriage. Be a servant. Don't put yourself first. Put others first. Be a house of prayer. Ask in faith. And mountains will be thrown into the sea if you have the smallest amount of faith. Love the Lord. Love your neighbor. Good summary. Await my return. Take, eat, and drink. Context is remembering Jesus through communion. The bread, the wine. Watch and pray. Be alert. Be ready for Christ's return. Go and make disciples. Baptize my disciples. Teach my disciples. Deny yourself. Beware of covetousness. Bring in the poor. We have a Syrian refugee family coming on Wednesday. There's more information in the bulletin. They need towels and bedding and kitchen items. Check out the bulletin on, on if you want to bring in the poor as a way to obey this command. Receive God's power. The power of the God of the universe. Be born again. Start a spirit-filled life. Keep my commandments. So, I don't know if that's everything that Jesus actually commanded. There's a list. There's a starting point for us. Whether it is or isn't a complete, perfect list, uh, there's a responsibility for us to live the real commands of Christ. There's the, the question of, of, okay, so how were the disciples to teach obedience? How was, how was that to happen? The New Testament is full of letters that go back and forth uh, among churches. Paul ends up correcting the theology of the early believers and gives, them, gives direction to Timothy. He gives direction to Titus through letters. Acts chapter 16 says, As they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So they sent letters. They taught publicly. James, Peter, John, they also write letters to the other churches uh, providing directions for this this new life in Christ. Acts chapter 2 refers to the new believers devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, meeting together daily. Those are some of the ways that, that they ended up just starting to understand the teachings of, of Jesus as they gathered together. Romans 15, Paul includes actions. Not just a teaching, but he actually in, includes uh, modeling. Kind of goes back to our, our second step. Uh, Romans 15, 8 says this, I will not venture to speak of anything 
except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and what I have done. So we have an introduction to teaching through imitation, looking for an example from someone. So we need to know what the commands are. We need to understand what the commands are. And we need to act on them. We need, to, we need to step into them boldly, not just hear the word of the Lord. 1 John uh, 2 says, We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands, is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever, to claim, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus lived. Jesus was the perfect model for how to live out these commands. To live like Jesus lived. Maureen is probably going to talk more about that, about how Jesus did some of his training uh, in, in the, the following week. I'm going to give you a, a few tips here for those of you that are struggling to where to start. Um, start with one. Pick one. Focus on it. Study it. Dive deeply into it. Allow God's Spirit to, to guide you. Pray, Jesus, how can I live out this one command? Second, keep it simple. If you sin, if you don't follow it, repent. And then you're following another command. So that's a bonus. Don't just start anal- justifying and analyzing it. Just do it. Just repent. Third, focus on the heart. The point of this list is not to replace the Ten Commandments with a higher, harder list so that you can earn your salvation. That's not the point of this list. This list isn't the new Ten Commandments that you must obey so that you can be saved. Salvation is by grace alone, receiving his grace, receiving his forgiveness in our life. This is simply how to live like Jesus. This is simply acts of obedience towards Christ. This is what it means to live in his kingdom. This is what it means to live like Jesus, is to do these things. Each one of us is unique. If you look around the room and you see someone else who's doing it, man, I wish I could just live out that command the way that person does, you're going to miss the point. God has created each of you uniquely as to how you're going to live this out. Pray, ask God, how, are, how, am I, how can I live this out? What are you asking me to do? I'm going to call the, the worship team up. And uh, we're going to worship. We're going to praise God for his goodness. And as we do, reflect on these. What are the commands of Christ? Jesus, what are you saying to me here now? What are the places that I need to simply obey your word?